Hello and welcome my partners in crime, welcome back to Murder Analyze. Now this case is case 10 of our missing person campaign to get as much awareness out there as possible for people that's still missing. Now today's case is the Asher Degree case. Now Asher was born on the 5th of uh, August 1990 and she went missing at the age of nine from Shelby, North Carolina in the United States. In the early hours of the morning of 14th of February, that is Valentine's Day, 2000 for reasons unknown now <laughs> yeah when you first read this case you think blimey you know this kid was nine what reason did she have to leave her house at that time let's look at the facts of this case that's sort of everyone's looking into this case the fbi's involved in this case you had the parents and certain obviously would have been looked into she had a younger brother which she shared a room with um and uh, everything sort of seemed all right when they went to bed. I know there was an accident that night in the town and the lights and all had gone out or, you know, because this is like quite a rural area. And um, the father said that he checked the kids at about 12.30. When that happened, they were both in bed. He went to bed about 2.30 in the morning. The kids were both in bed. I think her older brother is about a year or something older, two, maybe two years older than her, had heard her moving around in the bed but he thought that she was just turning over in the bed so there were certain things so we know she was in this house at 2.30 but then what we've also found out is she had this book bag that she'd already packed ready to go to leave this house this child was nine years old it has been said that Asha was this curious child but sort of she was cautious as well didn't like to leave her family sort of thing her little network there was no internet at this home. The parents wanted to try and protect them from this outside world and all this sort of stuff that was going on around them. She was meant to be quite a shy child and stuff. So, you know, I don't know, you know, is it characteristic for a nine-year-old to leave her home? Now, there is theories that maybe there was an abduction and stuff, but this child was seen walking along, you know, a highway, looking like she was on her own before running off into the woods. So there's issues here with this case, and it's very, very strange case, this case really, uh, where I think with twists and turns. So on February the 13th, on the Sunday, the children went to church from a relative's house, and then they returned home about 8 p.m. that night. Both children went to bed about that time, um, they, as they shared a room together. About an hour later, after that, there was a car accident, as I said earlier, um, in the neighborhood. Um, which sort of um, the power cut that caused the power cut and that came back on about half past 12 at night and then um, it was that time I think that he the father Harold then checked on the children and both of them he saw both the children in their beds and both Asha and O'Brien were asleep or they seemed to sleep or she seemed to sleep he checked again shortly before he went to bed himself at 2.30 a.m. in the morning on Friday, uh, on February the 14th, and again saw them both in that bed. Now, shortly afterwards, O'Brien, as I said before, heard he was then age 10, so he was a year older than her. She was nine when she left. Heard um, Asha sort of bed squeak a little bit, and so he, he didn't sort of bother with it because he just thought she was turning over, and that's what he said. You know, and, uh, you know, to make a noise and so that's that's what he thought it was so apparently around this time Asha got out of bed 
with several sets of clothes and personal items packed in this um, like backpacking thing she had, uh, this um, school bag thing, um, book bag, and had left. So she had packed some clothes to leave at nine. Uh, after 2.30, because if the father went to bed at 2.30, that means early hours of the morning, this child is already in her mind, because she's already packed her stuff, thinking, I'm leaving. And you have to think why she's leaving. Or if she didn't leave on her own, someone then had encouraged her to come out and walk with them. But, you know, between 3.45am and 4.15, a truck driver and a motorist saw her walking along South Highway 18 wearing a uh, long-sleeved white t-shirt, white trouser pants, you know, um, thing, just north of Junction Highway 180. They reported this to police after seeing TV reports about her, and this car actually did turn around. It went round three times, but it said as it went round, she must have spotted this car. She then ran in to the woods. Now, this driver said, you know, this was a rainy night. There was a storm brewing at this time. You know, this it, it really, uh, you know, the truck's gone past, they've noticed her, this car's gone past, they've noticed that this small child, and she would have been small, nine-year-old, walking down a highway, you know, in the pouring rain with a storm brewing, and decides that, hang on, I'm not even stopping for this car's turning around, coming back to have a look. I'm going, and runs into a wood. I mean, nine years old, what would drive a child to leave their home and do that at that time of the morning? What would make a child do that? I don't know. Um, I mean, there's loads of theories in there, but it could have been. Um, I'd like to know what you think, even about that part of this case. Now, the sheriff, I think his name is Dan Crawford, he actually said, you know, um, they are pretty sure this was her. They really are, this girl walking alone on her own down this road. They were pretty sure, by the description of what the drivers and the truck drivers and everyone gave, they were pretty sure this was her. And they added that they also saw at the same place heading in the same direction. So not every one of these eyewitnesses can be wrong, right? So it was her. So about 5.45 a.m. the mum woke up to get the kids ready for school and everything. And on that morning of 14th of February, it was an important day since it was not only Valentine's Day, but it was a degrees wedding anniversary. They had married, I think in 1998, or 1988, sorry, on Valentine's Day. A year later, they'd had the son and then next year they'd had Asha so it's an important day for them you know this was their anniversary as well and then to wake up and find that your child has literally gone missing now because she couldn't find him they've looked the house she's told you know how the father they can't find this kid the boy's still there you know this is now you know in the morning early in the morning you've gone in you notice this kid's not there you think where can she be you've checked the house you check the car her mother lives across the road. They've checked over there, nothing, nothing. So now we have relatives living quite closely. Why didn't this child, who was nine year old, live in this house, walking up a highway, didn't go to the grandmothers across the road? Another issue of why this child may have just gone. And even though we hear about this family being close, and maybe the families were, but you know, when you have a grandmother living across the road, your child decides to pack up her stuff and leave at that hours, early hours of the morning in the rain in a storm area and would rather run into woods than run into your grandmother's house. Mm, I don't know, something strange there. Listen, by 7am 
this search was full blown, it was on, everyone was out, people didn't do things that day, all they'd done was look for this child and that was it, um, this child had gone. Now on the 15th of February, um, sweet wrappers or candy wrappers in America were found in a shed nearby businesses along this highway where um, Asha was last seen, you know, running into this wood. Along with them there was a pencil and a marker pen uh, and a Mickey Mouse shaped hair bow that was identified as belonging to her. Also found was a photograph of a black girl around Asha's age who went, um, who has not yet been identified and it was the only trace found of her during the initial search. On February the 16th, um, her mother um, realised that Asha's bedroom was missing her favourite clothes, including a pair of blue jeans, uh, a red stripe with a red stripe down them. A week later, the search was called off after 9,000 man hours had been um, invested in the search between two and three mile radius of where she had last been seen. You're talking about a nine year old. If you're not finding her in two or three mile, maybe even five miles, you never know two or three mile radius, you know, uh, they didn't find anything. So did she leave home willingly and then was abducted or was she encouraged to leave home to be abducted, if you know what I mean, really? So on the 22nd February, a news conference was held um, and the Crawford um, police officer said this is just, there was just this massive search for her both the FBI and North Carolina um, and the State Bureau of Investigation, the SBI, um, got involved and um, really put every bit of resources they had actually into finding this child and also putting on the databases of missing children. They've also sort of formulated from what was said by the mother and the stuff that had been taken with her, with Asha, as she's the account you know, of the mother and what had been taken with Asha. The investigators believe that she had actually planned and prepared for this departure on this evening for quite some time before, several days at least, before she actually left that home um, uh, and disappeared. Um, and they said she's not really a typical runaway. You know, nine-year-olds may run away, but, you know, I'm going to run away, I don't like what I'm doing, you know, that sort of thing. But they don't usually run away at 2.30, 3am, 4am in the morning on a dark night when you're so scared of dogs, you're quite shy yourself. You know, she's not your typical runaway. National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children noted that most children who run away are at least 12. Um, an FBI agent also pointed out that the lack of issue that she might have been a runaway from such this dysfunctional family or poor academic performance, but there was none of that really. These people both worked, she was doing well at school, she enjoyed herself, she had social stuff she was doing. There's Listen, you know, she doesn't actually come from really a dysfunctional family, you know, they both worked. Okay, she was what we call a latchkey kid. She used to have to come home from school and do their homework, this, that and the other, but they were well fed. It seemed that there was everything going for her. But, you know, what is the explanation then? We have a runaway at nine year old, so she doesn't fit the normal runaway you know, when you're looking at profiling runaways or whatever. Um, she just doesn't um, come down that category, but she, she'd packed her stuff, she was ready to go. So there must be a reason why 
she had done it if it wasn't because of her home life and it wasn't because her mum and dad used to beat her or god knows what else she was starving she wanted you know she was looking for something you know um it wasn't for that what was it for kids don't run away for no reason there's always a reason why and especially at nine year old if you're not your typical 12 13 14 year old you're nine you you look nine you're young Listen, this case has gone national, it's still in everywhere today and you can sort of read up different parts on it. But the media attention went national, as I said, for, uh, you know, and um, after months after Ash's disappearance, actually she went on then the Montel Williams show, um, America's, Most, America's Most Wanted, the April Winfrey show. Listen, she's, they've been on all of them on the 31st, on the 3rd of August, sorry, 20, 2001. Ash's book bag and other items were discovered during, during the construction project off Highway 18 in Burke County near um, Morganton, um, about 26 miles away or 42 kilometres away north of Shelby and it was wrapped in a plastic bag. Now the worker that found it said that the book bag contained Asher's name, phone number, the FBI took it uh, to the headquarters for further forensic testing and analysis resulted that testing had not been shared publicly anyway to date it is the last known evidence found on this case and on the 20th anniversary of Asher's disappearance the FBI confirmed that the book bag contained a copy of Dr Seuss's um, book a t-shirt depicting the band New Kids on the Block uh, Neva appeared to have been um, her property before they were found in the bag. The book was from a library um, at her elementary school. Now later leads have turned out to be dead ends in this case and in 2004 acting on a tip reportedly received from an inmate of a county jail the sheriff's office uh, began digging um, about um, the bones that were found there turned out to be of an animal, it wasn't of her at all. Now there's, you'll see on the roadside actually big billboards up on the last place that she was seen and stuff like that. This, this, you know, these people are still looking for this child. But when you think of her book bag and stuff were found miles and miles away, so far away that this child couldn't have walked there, impossible. She was too young to hitchhike and God knows what else to get there. She wouldn't have known what she was doing. So obviously now, you know, you have to think that someone abducted her. Now whether that was someone that she knew abducted her or that was someone that actually left that home, as I've said, and then they picked her up um, in, you know, one of these places. Um, that's what happened, I think. We think. We don't know, do we? Really? Listen, they have done a, an age progression photo, I think 2015 um, was the last one. It might be the one that I have, 2015, one of her, when she looked then to when she looks now. She'll be older now. Um, uh, it's, it, you know, it's really, really sad, isn't it? And I always say about these age progression photos because you look at them and you think, you know, um, the years that these parents have been waiting to find out something about their child, the years that this child has missed, what she would be doing now, this child, you know, if she was around and you could see her. So please have a look at these and see what you think, whether you recognise her or you know anything about this case. 
at all. Make sure you make what you know known. So in 2015, the FBI announced um, that they were sort of reopening this case. They were re-examining all the evidence and they were also talking to the eyewitnesses and witnesses and stuff like that. They also announced a reward of £25,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of a person or persons responsible for her disappearance. A community group also offered an additional $20,000 reward for this. Now, the FBI announced on 15 months later, that in May 2016, that their reinvestigation of this case had turned up new possibilities of new leads. They um, disclosed that Asher may have been seen getting into a dark green early 1970 Lincoln Continental Mark V or possibly a Ford Thunderbird um, in this of that same era along Route 18 near where she was last seen on that night. It was also described as having rust around the um, wheel wells, so it's a rusty old car. On September, in September 2017, the FBI announced that it had its child abduction rapid um, deployment card to, or card the team in Cleveland um, County was assisting the investigation and um, provided on the grounds of the investigation that technical behaviour analysts and um, analytical support to find out more about what really had happened, why this child had left this property in the early hours of the morning. This team worked alongside the FBI in Charlotte's employees and Cleveland County Sheriff's Office investigation and North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation um, agencies and they all met for about 10 days to really grow this case and the agencies also met several times a month to go over their latest on this um, investigation and since 2017 local agents and investigations have conducted approximately 300 interviews. In October 2018 Cleveland um, County Sheriff's Office um, detective appealed more information to the public again about these items the interest in um, the book bag you know this um, Meg Elliott's um, Paul and Children's book, this Dr. Seuss, which was borrowed from the um, school library. Now, in November 2020, an inmate named Marcus Mello, who was convicted of sex crimes against children in 2014, wrote a letter to the Shelby Star claiming that Degrees murder that he had known where to find her. And that this uh, Alan Norman announced, you know, that Mello's claims. Um, had led to another dead end. So again, every time you think you've got a little bit of information on this case, there isn't any. So really, this case, you know, few reasons here being, is what's not really understandable, and this even the behaviourists and everything else now are involved in this, thinking why this young child would run away from home at nine years old. You know, this child that was described as shy and didn't like dogs and stuff like that. Listen, the family's been checked, everything's been checked there, haven't they, with this family and that. But, you know, it's, that still comes down to the why. If we can find out maybe why she decided to get up in the early hours of the morning, because she had planned this for several days, to leave her home between 2.30 and 6am in the morning, really. I think it was about 4-ish, wasn't it, really? 3.30, quarter to 4 time. 
why you know what why would she do it in the rain you know what was going on in her, in her mind what goes on in a nine-year-old's mind we just don't know do we and um if she decided that you know she was just fed up that day and thought I'm going to run away as some kids do they do think that at that age but they they mean it you know she may have been upset I know she'd lost a game a, a sports game and that with a load of mates but the, the mother said she looked like she had got over it you know some parents are strict but that's life you think well you know what that is the only thing with this case is why why this child would run away and if we believe that the sweet packets or the candy packets in this um, place nearby were hers, her hair bands then, did she then continue think, oh, now I'm going to go home and started walking back home and then been picked up by someone else and abducted by that? Was this just a terrible, terrible incident, really, of a young child that thought, I'm going to run away? Because she had planned it. Her bag was packed for several days. She planned it at nine, but no reason why. Shocking case, this one. Very difficult to understand, isn't it? But body's never been found. This child's never been found. Bits of her, bits of bags, bits of clothing, bits and pieces have been found. She has never been found to this day. So if you have any information, or if you believe you know something, as I say, even something more you know, insignificant that you think means nothing to anybody else. But it's that piece, isn't it, of the puzzle that will maybe break this case wide open. Please say something. If you have any information at all, if you saw her that night and you've never come forward, if you've seen her anywhere, if you've seen the age progress from photo and think you recognise her now, please say something. It would be really good if you could do that. So listen... This little girl, you know, still out there somewhere, isn't she? Dead or alive. And it wouldn't it be lovely to be able to bring this girl home or, or give this family some peace at least. So listen, thanks for watching. Till the next time. Bye-bye.